Hello, Bob. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to another Empire Podcast interview special. And man, this one is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Tons of fun for all the family. You all know Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. Of course you do. You know them as Merry and Pippin, respectively, in Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy. And they've popped up in countless myriad projects since. But now they're dipping their toes into the murky waters of podcasting with The Friendship Onion, a pod which sees the two of them get together in an LA studio and shoot the breeze about pretty much anything and everything that pops into their heads. Their chemistry, forged by years of friendship which began on that epic New Zealand Rings shoot, is palpable. And the podcast is funny, informative, surprising, and sometimes gloriously slapdash. In other words... It's a podcast after my own ears and heart. So when the chance arose to interview Dom and Billy in the LA studio where they record the show, well, I jumped at it. Well, they were in the studio, we were in London. And by we, I mean James Dyer and me. Usually James' sound is pristine and clear-cut and wonderful, but he was actually in the proper Empire office when we recorded this interview, and so he had to basically go into a cupboard and record his bit on an iPhone, which is why he doesn't sound quite as good as usual. I was here. Dom and Billy were sitting in armchairs in their studio with LA looking resplendent in the background. But anyway, enough of that. Here you go. Here is the interview in which we talk about apples and rattlesnakes and not being invited to the Empire Awards. And of course, entering the world of podcasting. It's a lot of fun, this one. Had an absolute blast. Here's Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan. Enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on the Empire Podcast. Well, you know, every now and again, someone will bring out a film podcast and intrude on our territory. And usually I like to chase these people off of the stick and go, get the fuck off our land. But not when they're Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, the hosts of the Friendship Onion. In that case, we say welcome. Welcome to our territory, boys. How are you doing? Much, much nicer. Thank you. I feel a little, I feel, I do feel a little trepidation with this podcast because, you know, you guys have been doing the Empire podcast for a, a, an extraordinary amount of time and it's a brilliant podcast that I listen to. And you guys are well within your rights to say, get off our land, you know. So the world, the world doesn't necessarily need another podcast. So we'll just see how we do. You know? But we're doing one anyway. <laughs> yeah, screw it. Screw it. You know, everyone in the world eventually will have a podcast and I can just see a post-apocalyptic scenario where there's two people left in the world and one of them asks the other one to appear on the other person's podcast and then doesn't reciprocate the invitation and that's where it all gets a bit gnarly you know what I mean it's that's where that's where it's going to go ultimately but listen we're old we're jaded we're cynical we've been doing this for for years we're just phoning this in at this point you guys are you're young you're optimistic you're full of film and figure how many episodes in? Your first episode just went this week. How many episodes in have you recorded? One. No, yeah, that's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> is it? We've done three. <laughs> We've done three. Today is number four. What's wrong with you? Is it? You've lost your mind. <laughs> but I thought I thought some of them were just practice. No, no, no. Sure. No. I thought we were going to get it so that we were like recording it and it goes out no they were all the, wait was that why you were semi-naked covered in butter <laughs> yeah because you didn't think it was me. real that was a real podcast I am. you're in trouble episode three i tell you what um what's real and what <laughs> isn't real that's the problem we'll, we'll never know um 
Yeah, look, I mean, we, you guys have obviously been around this Lord of the Rings kind of lore now in terms of the trilogy, but also the behind the scenes, you know, us on red carpets and us at parties and showing up at the Empire Awards and stuff like that. And Billy and I just spend an extraordinary amount of time with each other. We enjoy doing a lot of the same things together. And we had just said, look, if we sit down and record ourselves for an hour and then turn it into 45 minutes of actual good enough stuff, there will be an audience that, you know, would uh, listen to that. And that seems to be the case over the last day or so. Everyone seems to like it just as talking shite, don't they? But I like that. And obviously Lord of the Rings is a big part of it because we didn't know each other before Lord of the Rings. So it's always been in our lives. But, you know, we're talking about other stuff, you know, like food, drink, and uh, vacations. Hold on. Yeah. Books. <laughs> yeah. Films. Games. Games. Shoes. Yep. Your dog. My dog. Football. Will it, we will have the occasional guests. That's it. That's, That's nothing it. else other than that. Other podcasts that we might be listening to. It's all the good stuff. All that's what yeah. that's what podcasts are, man. You just get on, you ramble, you ramble for yeah. an hour or so. That's that's the beauty of it all. And uh, and Billy, I have to say, on the on the opening episode, we came perilously close to having an anecdote in which you took a massive shit next to Dom, which was. Yeah. I mean, talk about breaking down the boundaries in the first episode. You're laying it all on the line right there. Well, that's only just as as I was just scraping. The, the surface there and yeah I, I, that was a that was a really brilliant day now that I can look back at it because diarrhea panic is never brilliant in the moment but looking back I mean imagine being in a canoe some would you call that a canoe a kayak, kayak. right see well, there's something we could talk about what I mean kayak? what is the difference between a kayak and a canoe we'll find out episode four we'll find out <laughs> We'll but, do our research. But I I remember thinking when Billy, when we were on our way back, which was about a 40-minute kayak back, and Billy said, I've got the, the Ramajami flip-flops. And I said, okay, well, well, we'll make our way back as fast as possible. But I remember thinking at the time, we are essentially kayaking in a massive universal toilet. Mm. So if you did need to <clears> defecate, you are in arguably a perfect position. Just squat yourself over. But I think you were nervous about the frozen image in my mind. I was scared, yeah, that every time we defecated. told the story, I could see us 10 years in the future telling the story. And if the story then was, and then Bill took a, a giant runny jobby <laughs> yeah, yeah. over the side of the kayak. Yeah. Then that's a terrible. That is not as good an end to the story as me running to the hotel. Orlando was with us on that trip, and I think at that on that particular day he may have been um, he may have been spending time with a young lady. Let's say, Poss hmm. possibly. And one of the great stories that Billy and Orlando uh, tell people uh, is that because we were all cheap skin flints at the time, we all shared a room. Myself, Billy, and Orlando all in the same room in Thailand. And I stole the air conditioning remote control and set it to the highest fan freezing. and the coldest temperature because I need a freezing cold room. And Orlando and Billy 
were adamant that I needed to change the temperature. And I said, no, not only am I not going to change the temperature, but I'm not going to tell you where I've hid the remote so it's on all night. And these guys had like duvets and extra pillows and stuff. And I, I was- had all my clothes on, like all my T-shirts sitting shivering while he's just lying there with like one sheet. Yeah, with my ass, with my white ass out. Do you remember? I don't remember Going, that. Billy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be so brave to have your ass bared at this point, would you? Because there's a chance that there could be flexive, defecatory matter. <laughs> Talking of things that obviously make you shit yourself, Dom, please, please explain the rattlesnake to us. Oh. What, what is going on with this fucking snake? Well, it's a lovely story, actually. So I have a friend called Jules Sylvester. He's a South African herpetologist, someone who has a degree in reptiles. And his job is alongside other jobs that he does. One of his jobs is to take rattlesnakes out of Disneyland. Yes, Disneyland. And yeah, and uh, Six Flags. Because as I'm sure you can imagine, in those amusement parks, people are discarding their hot dogs and their popcorn all over the place. There's mice, there's rats. They can't control them. And there's an inordinate amount of snakes as well. So a few times a year, they asked Jules to come and take some of the overspill of rattlesnakes so that there's not too many. And Jules has space for around about 100, I think, 80 or so snakes. And when he fills up those tanks and he doesn't have any more sna- uh, space, he calls me and he says, do you have any space? And sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no. And recently I said yes. So I now currently have three rattlesnakes in my house and they're absolutely beautiful. And I'll be putting them back in the desert once the temperatures get warm. But I mean, don't they like, I don't know, bite you? <laughs> no, they don't bite me because they're in, they're in tanks and they're kept pretty safe. Although I will tell you a really yeah. interesting, and I'll try and keep this short story. I separated the two adult rattlesnakes because I was making sure that they were both feeding. One's much bigger than the other. And I got the feeling that the bigger one was stealing all the food from the medium-sized one. So I separated them into two different housings to make sure that the medium-sized one was eating. The baby rattlesnake, which sits in another room for the rest of the day, was extremely agitated and striking the side of the tank and clearly in, a, in an excitable mood based around the fact that there's some sort of communication going on between the other rattlesnakes in another room that they've been moved. They're not crazy about what's going on with their day. And that, that communication, that energetic communication has been transferred over to this baby rattlesnake. So there's a lot of stuff going on that you would never know unless you keep <laughs> these captive wild animals. Billy has a dog. But did you not think maybe the baby one just wants to go back to Disneyland? I mean, it could be that. Get on the, ro- get on the roller coasters and yeah. stuff like that. Probably in line for the Big Dipper when your friend came it, and took him out. It could be that. But, you know, they'll all, they'll all get released back into the wild. Hopefully they'll never see a human again. Rattlesnakes are beautiful animals and they only, I think they're the most polite reptile in the world because they tell you where they are. You know, you come over to them, they say, oh, true. Hey, yeah. I'm right here, please leave me alone. Please leave me alone. And if you back off, they go, okay, fine. So I, I think they're extremely courteous. They are the Lawrence Olivier of snakes. <laughs> I mean, I love that video that you put up on Instagram where you took one of the snakes out and it was on your living room floor. Right. I mean, that is just, that's wild. I can't yeah. imagine that. Yeah, I know you're a, you're a friend of the animals. Uh, I would be running so far and so fast in the opposite direction. It's not even, it's not even funny. Uh, Billy, you know, 
apart from Dom, what's the most dangerous thing you've had in your living room floor? One time, I don't know if this is dangerous, but I found out something about an animal that I should have known. But one of those little gecko um, lizards was in my living room. And I went to grab it and it ran off and left its tail. And its tail was going like this. And I was totally freaked. (laughs) It wasn't dangerous in any way. Did you not know that li- some lizards could At do that? At that point, no. You should have asked his reptile friend, but I guess yeah. not. Well, it wasn't something, I, like, I would have asked you afterwards. Like, I, I'm not going to ask you, in the animal kingdom, how many animals, <laughs> if you grab it, will leave you its tail? Yeah. Like, would that happen to a tiger? No. No way. I mean, unless you pulled it really hard. <laughs> you need to pull a tiger's tail hard yeah. to be left with a tiger's tail. yeah. yeah. Elephant, same. Same. You'd you'd really piss it off if you pulled its tail <laughs> off, wouldn't you? So um, it wasn't that dangerous, but that's the thing that's freaked me out the most because I don't know why I didn't know that fact. Yeah, I don't know why you don't know that. I'm always astounded by when people don't know any animal fact, even deep down, crazy deep dives into animal facts. I'm always like. Oh, did did you not know that? And people are like, no. Why would I know that? I'm I don't geek out about animals, but I'm a card carrying, flag waving animal geek. Like, there's probably people that don't know that bees make honey, right? Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. Bees. That's where honey comes from. No, get out, guys. Do you do you know what royal jelly is? That's from the Queen, isn't it? Yes, royal jelly is a secretion created in a bee's mind. Just think what? about that for a second. Right, here we go. So a, a bee... It's bee the work, inception. Yeah, the, the worker bees, all the bees can do it. The worker bees go over to a cell in which the queen has laid an egg and they deposit a little bit of honey. I mean, honey is basically bee vomit. So they go... <laughs> and that goes into the cell. And then they deposit a tiny little bit of royal jelly from their brain. So they basically go, royal jelly, royal jelly, royal jelly, royal jelly, and it falls out. <laughs> out of where? Out of their mind. Where? But what? Their brain, their skull, their skull, the cranium. Isn't that crazy? But has it, what, through like... Yeah, it secretes through their head. It's like sweat. Fucking- a little bit like when it comes out of their mouth eventually. So they go, I'm going to create royal jelly, royal jelly, blah, comes what, out. Oh, so it comes out their mouth. comes out the mouth. Right. Yeah. But if a queen wants to create a new queen, because she's coming towards the end of her life, instead of filling up a cell with honey and royal jelly, she just fills it up with royal jelly. And that creates the new queen. And you can buy royal jelly in, you know, slightly sophisticated organic health food shops and stuff and it's full of enzymes and minerals it tastes a little bit like you know uh it's like this is a weird one it tastes a little bit like spoiled lemon yogurt there you go that's what it tastes like (laughs) if you've ever had spoiled lemon yogurt i'm gonna have one this afternoon actually (laughs) wow crazy that it comes it spills out of their mind it's just and that's not even the craziest bee fact that he has. There's, There's other bee facts. Yeah, some pretty we'll keep for another. Facts. Is, we'll keep it for our podcast, actually. Yeah, oh, of good course. One, yeah. Can't yeah. Give yeah. Any A facts, or is it just B facts? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy animal facts, but I I love getting my mind 
blown by trivia. Can I, can I tell you guys something that I learned last night that just absolutely blew my mind? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Eddie Cochran, the 1950s rockabilly uh, rock and roll star, was unfortunately involved in a fatal car accident in which he died, right? Mm-hmm. The first man on the scene was a police officer who I believe was called David Hewson or David Slauson or something like that. In the wreckage of Eddie Cochran's car, he saw a guitar that had not been engulfed in the flames. He took that guitar, went back to the police station, did his work, took the guitar home, fiddled around in it, changed his name to Dave D, and he became the lead singer of Dave D, Dozy Beaky, Mick and Titch. Who sang Hold Tight? Do you know that song? Hold tight, rubber Benjamin, hold tight, rubber Isn't that crazy? He that all started because he's the first man on the scene at the Eddie Cochran fatal car crash. What the <laughs> fuck? So so he stole a yeah. dead man's guitar. Yeah, he basically in the in the burning wreckage he saw a, a guitar that had not succumbed to the flames, and he thought, well, I don't want that to set on fire because that could cause more flames. So I'll take it. And he took it back to the police station and went, oh, diddly dee, I'm quite good at this. Hang on a second, I'll change my name. Hang on, I'll write a song. Boom, I'll be a 1960s pop star. And was <laughs> the guitar engulfed in flames but just couldn't actually be on fire because of black magic? Now, I don't <laughs> know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. but I'll find out by Thank the end you. of the day. Is that what Eddie Cochran's song Three Steps to Heaven was about? About his Possibly. magical guitar. Possibly. Then we're into time travel, and that's really, now we're hitting something. I love all those weird things that you can't explain. You know, John Denver leaving on a jet plane, died in a mm. plane crash. You know, those type of things. You're like, well, what is going on there? Mm. You know? Killed. Killed by irony. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. So the guy who wrote uh, uh, Gulliver's Travels, Jonathan Swift, wrote a short story about Mars in which he relatively accurately predicted the moons that orbited Mars and how they related to each other and the planet and what they were made of. And no one had been to Mars. Like 50 years later, they were able to work out, oh, there are moons that, that orbit around Mars. What, what? What? Exactly. You know what I mean? None of this is real. As this is what we're getting back to. What is real? What is reality? None of it's real. We'll work it all out. Do you know what made me think none of it's real? The London Underground. Oh, yeah, you can't figure it out. Can I you? cannot figure the London Underground out. Who built that? Who did all those different, like, what, with a pickaxe and a, a shovel? All those, di- when, no one says when they were built. When were they built? Yeah. How did they know where they were all going? And everyone joins in with another one and you get off one and then you go down two flights and you get another one. It's the oldest underground system in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Who built it when? Very strange. <laughs> Very it's strange. just always, it's just always been there. <laughs> no one questions it. <laughs> Guys, just to just to talk about you guys' incredible magazine and incredible podcast for a second. And oh, incredible yeah. nights out, which I don't get invited to. We're oh, just yeah. talking about we- during the um the awards season, your guys' awards were always the most fun <laughs> evening. Yeah. Uh 
Honestly, we go to the Oscars and you guys was the one I always look forward to. It was the most fun. I've only been invited to that once. Uh, and I remember saying to Billy, we did a, we did a, we did a photo shoot for, um, for the Friendship Onion a few weeks ago. And I went over to Billy and I said to him, do you remember when we used to be cool? And now we're not, and we were laughing about it. But I feel like that's the but, case with the Empire but Awards. Not really they used to invite us when we were cool, and yeah. now they're like, no. I mean, in fairness, we didn't get invited either now, so. Uh, <laughs> that makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, you guys' recent cover with Elijah and Daniel Radcliffe, fantastic. It was a lie, though. They weren't even there together. No, they weren't, weren't no. they? Doing the same no. Did you, did you know which one was which? No, nobody does. <laughs> I was with Elijah one time when he was recognised for Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, he told me anecdotally that it happened quite often, but I'd never seen it happen in person. And someone came over to him and went, hey, Harry. And he went, you. And he just fucking smashed him right in the face. He's a violent man, isn't he, Elijah? I was with Sean Bean once, and he got mistook for Kenneth Branagh. Oh, Wow. Wow. Somebody asked him, he's saying something, and he said, you know, oh, I loved you in that Henry V or something. <laughs> and I could see Sean Bean was just totally, no, he's, not he's not good in those sort of no, no, things. No, me, no, I'm boring. Double <laughs> 100% blade, and then he I just fucking blade. stabbed him. <laughs> have, you not, have you not fucking seen Sharp? I was fucking magic in Sharp. <laughs> Love Sean Bean. Uh, That's uncanny, that. It is uncanny. It is, it? yeah. Is that the first time you've done Sean Bean? No, I do. I have Sean Bean in my, uh, in my back pocket. But, uh, in back your repertoire. Pocket, yeah. yeah. Sean Bean, a little kind of caricature of Vigo. Billy Connolly, I've been doing quite a lot recently, haven't I? Say Joby. Joby. It's very good. Because I've been exploring <laughs> this thing with Billy Connolly. Why his voice is like that? And I, I oh, oh, don't say who it is. That's no. a surprise. Surprise guest. And I figured out that Billy Connolly has spent so much of his life shouting <laughs> his things, you know, in his show. And the things that he says are so, like, you must listen to this, that his, his whole voice box is now short. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I love Billy Connolly. I've been on, like, a Billy Connolly tear for the last couple of weeks. So he's actually turned into kind of a bit of a sage, hasn't he? He said that to Bill's like, he's got this Gandalfian beard and, he, mm, and yeah. he, holds, he holds a kind of walking stick now. What an extraordinary man. Extraordinary. He's amazing. He Love is him. amazing. He's my, he's my favourite Scottish <laughs> person. <laughs> for those listening at home, Billy just did the perfect double take. Uh, Billy, what about yourself? Do you have anyone in your repertoire? Are you an impressionist? None. I can't do any impressions. I can't sound like anyone. It's, I, a, it's a weird one, but our skill sets are totally different. But Billy. I can, as you say, do the perfect double take. And I was once... I'm just dropping names here now. Hey, what? Bob De Niro said never drop names. <laughs> <laughs> I remember trying to show... We did a play, um, we did, uh, uh, well, it was a Shakespeare anyway with Emily Mortimer and she wanted to know how many takes I could do and still make it work and we got it up to 10. Brilliant. Like, you know, like a double take and then doing a triple and we got it up to 10 and it still worked. I couldn't do it now, my neck wouldn't. 
you know, I'm too old for that now. You have to train for it, right? You have to get into the oh, mindset. You have yeah. to go to the gym. You don't just throw in 10. You've got a couple of years at two and three and four. Yeah. I'm just glad I got to see a three from you. That was that was pretty impressive. And that was to the right side. I normally do them to the left. Is there the double takes in rings? I mean, there's the there's the second breakfast apple. Is that a would you describe it as a double take? Maybe. No. Do you do? Does Pippin do double takes? You no, know, I don't think I do a double take. That's that's a disgrace. It is actually. What about the extended editions or the extended <laughs> extended editions? Can we go, can we go back? Can we get Peter Jackson to add in? Do you know what I did take? for a couple of years on? Uh, any TV or film that I did, I tried to put in the line "Happy Days," and I did it in about, about there's about three films and quite a few TV shows where at some point I'll say "Happy Days." Mm-hmm. I have in a lot of my career eaten apples. Because I'm a massive Apple fan. You had one this morning. I had one this morning. I've not finished it yet. I'm looking forward How to it. How do you start an Apple? Crucially, what kind well, of I like apple? to do sometimes. Well, James, now this you've opened a massive hornet's nest here. Because if you're talking about each particular apple being perfect, then I would say a Granny Smith is at the top of the list. A perfect Granny Smith. Tart, delicious. I like it cold out of the fridge. Maybe with a slice of cheddar. Oh, incredible. But as we know, an average Granny Smith is trumped by a good pink lady or a good gala. Pink lady. We all love a pink lady. Um, So I've, because I love apples so much, and I think they're the most underrated fruit because they're portable. And I think because we grow up with apples and we're kind of like, yeah, what the fuck? Who gives a shit about apples? We actually don't give them the right amount of value that we should. There's so many different flavors. There's so many different ways that you can enjoy an apple. But everyone goes, oh, mangoes and papaya. No, fuck off, it's apples. <laughs> I've got one question on oh. that. How many fruits aren't portable? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good observation. It's a good observation. Yeah, yeah. You could, you could put an apple into a jacket pocket though, Billy. You can't put a pineapple in there. Yeah. And you have to be I'll very careful with your banana placement. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely absolutely get cancelled very quickly for that i enjoy a tangerine <laughs> um i like a tangerine will you, when you take off the peel will you demand that it comes off in one go or do oh, you yeah. just take off bits oh no i uh just anyway it comes no no off. in one go it has to be all in one go and i get very confused about all the different names tangerine mandarin, mandarin clementine, clementine. What cutie is the is over there, here we have cuties halos Satsuma. Oh, I was going to say Satsuma. Oh, Satsuma. Oh, yeah, apples. So, obviously, Mary, Mary eats apples throughout the Fellowship mm. of the Ring, and I think at some point in the Two Towers, but by the time he gets to Return of the King, he's been so ravaged by war that he will not eat an apple. I mean, that, then? that arc is pretty incredible. I don't know if anyone's ever picked up on that. I remember Peter Jackson coming over to me when we were coming towards the end of the trilogy, and he said, can I tell you, the journey hmm. that you've gone on with the apples is extraordinary. And I said, Pete, I don't want you to talk about it. I don't want you to mention it in the media. If people see it, they see it. I don't want to be nominated for something just based on my hmm. apple work. That actually made me think. I did see a documentary, World War One type documentary, where they were all coming back from the saw, and they said, yeah, I, I couldn't go an apple. <laughs> they all said that. 
Hey, I mean, if if you spent a couple of weeks not having the opportunity to eat an apple, you'd realize just how special they are. It's a special fruit. Doesn't he have like an apple crumble at Sam's wedding? Oh, we don't want to get into apple crumble because I made Billy and his family an apple crumble for New Year's Eve. And without mincing my words here, I fucked it up. (laughs) It totally destroyed it. It was lovely as well, but it made it, I mean, an unforced error. Yeah, it was. It was an unforced error. Oh, no. I, I wanted to add a little, a little intriguing taste to the crumble, just something to make uh, maybe Billy's wife go, ooh. So in some ways you were saying the flavour of the apple was not enough. No. It, it, like, I, I know, I know. It was an apple and berry crumble. So in the crumble, I added what I thought was going to be a tiny little sousson of uh, cayenne pepper. And it's it ended up choice. being... Exactly! Yeah, yeah, James, exactly, you're on, you're James. Right, Someone right. might say cinnamon, possibly a bit of ginger, but no fucking cayenne pepper. Look, I should have... Was I that the only that. thing he had? Was it just like, oh, well. I just, I just love cayenne pepper, so I'll stick it in anything. But it became, essentially, a spicy apple crumble, and it was not good. And Billy, is this... A- did New Year's Eve end with you uh, sticking your arse out of a kayak? And- <laughs> like every New Year. <laughs> it's tradition. Happy it's days. Tradition. <laughs> if you don't end New Year's that way, you're not doing it right. Um, That's true. Uh, guys, I, I think we've got to let you go in a second, not least because you have a mystery guest and you're, you're about to record another episode, I'm guessing. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is, and I'm sure this is, is, is the fact that we're about to hit the 20th anniversary of Fellowship. Is that another, you know, incentive for this to, to happen? Did you guys get together when you're talking about, oh, do you remember that? Do you remember that? And that's, you know, that maybe let's crystallize it in a podcast. I, maybe kind of subconsciously, but we didn't yeah. really kind of, you know, me and Dom have been talking about working together for so long, you know, and it just felt like, the right thing to do, the podcast thing, exactly the fun that we're having, you know, today talking with you guys. It just seems like, you know, it's real. It's just an honest sort of way of chatting about things. So there wasn't really a, nothing contrived 20 year anniversary, we should talk about this. You know, there was nothing like that really. No, but I think it has been made clear to us as we're coming closer and closer to the Fellowship of the Ring anniversary that it's extremely important important for a lot of people out there to commemorate it. I, I get messages on my Instagram all the time with people saying, as we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, my friends and I are getting together and we hope that it'll come back onto the cinema again and can't believe it's been all this time. So people have consistently become more and more sentimental over these movies. And 20 is a big number. You know, 30, you could argue, might pass you by. And then it's only really 50 by that mm-hmm. point. And we might be dead by that you <laughs> will so 20 is a big one you know what about 25 that's quite big isn't oh it? that is a big one actually. yeah it's pretty big yeah. yeah see you you would celebrate 25 as a wedding anniversary or if you were the queen but yeah. you don't celebrate 20 not really so well, you know maybe no, maybe we've got the wrong right. anniversary here i think you're right but it'll probably take us about five years to get <laughs> the hang of this podcast thing so by the 25th we'll speak to you guys again well, we've been doing this nine years and we haven't got to grips with it, so. Well, you seem to know what you're doing. I love it because your door frame is exactly in the middle of your shot there. Yeah. I, that wasn't yeah. by accident. 
Yeah, perfect, James. <laughs> Beautiful. It's like Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> we are directed yeah, by Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh no, you've messed it up. It's, oh. ah, <laughs> no, it's all go. fucked. It's all screwed. <laughs> uh, can I just say as well, before we do let you go, I mean, you guys have got the best view of any guests we've had on the podcast since the yeah. pandemic began. Uh, what's, I mean, it's a little bleached out, but it is. behind you is Los Angeles. Yeah, that's Los Angeles, California. Where and to this side Camden as well. Town. Yeah, that side. It's a guest. Oh, Secret lovely. Guest. Camden. Oh, there's yeah. Camden. Look, there's somebody having a, a shit over a kayak. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite places in oh, London. Yeah, I great. love Camden. It feels like Los Angeles, and maybe this is the same with a lot of other places, is it's just starting to kind of wake up after a, a long slumber. You mm. know, traffic has come back with a vengeance. The shops and the restaurants and the bars are opening. It's interesting because I'm sure you guys have, been to LA quite a few times. It it has been traditionally a city full of frantic, frenetic pace and people and traffic and busyness and lights and all this kind of stuff. And the last year or so, it's it's been dark. You know, it, it really has been quite a dark place. So it's it's beautiful to see life coming back mm-hmm. into all of it. And you. I read during COVID that dolphins had come back to Hollywood Boulevard. Is that whales in the Hudson? It's wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> I could not wish to end unless Jimbo, you've anything else you want to throw at these two reprobates? Oh, so many questions. Okay, I'm going to ask you one thing because we haven't talked about Lord of the Rings enough, and and it is you know tied into that, and that's this. So not directly to the films, but there has been a wash of Lord of the Rings memes, obviously since all this came out. Do you have a favourite one? Like, what is your go-to Lord of the Rings meme? Now I get confused about memes and gifs. Is a meme where it doesn't move. It can move. It can move. They're the ones that go viral. Like so, what we've had, we've had that. We've had the Taters one. There's we're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. That's a pretty, pretty solid choice. I really like Ian Holm when he's looking at the ring and it said, "Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? Whatever." I love the meme where it'll be, you know, it'll be him with a pencil <laughs> saying, "Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I wear it as a moustache?" That kind of thing. Basically, I'll watch anything we eat. I mean, that's fair. He's my favourite actor. We were all, myself, Billy, Elijah and Sean are all in our own little Hobbit text chat room. But we're also in another chat room with a business partner of ours that we've been talking to recently. And Sean Astin, a couple of days ago, accidentally committed a couple of accidental typos in which he had to recorrect and then recorrect and recorrect. And I just posted up a meme of Samwise Gamgee crying <laughs> at the end of Return of the King, <laughs> which went down well. So, you know, life yeah. imitating art. Have you ever self-gift? Have you ever sent a Mary or Pippin gift to anybody or, you know, used it as a last word in a text exchange? I absolutely have. I've I've done even worse than that. Not even Mary and Pippin. I've done me <laughs> gifts. So there's a yeah, there's a gif of me on a show called Ridiculousness, where I don't know why it became a gif, but I say he exploded. And if there's any opportunity for me to answer that in a text chat, I just grab my gif and I throw it up and people are like, holy shit, you're a gif. I'm like, yeah, I was in fucking Lord of the Rings, dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell this chat has exploded 
That is that. If you want, if you, this chat has been an insight into what the Friendship Onion is, I think. So it's every Tuesday, new episodes are out. Billy and Dom are, are they're, you know, they're just dipping their toes in the podcast waters, but the waters are, are warm and lovely. And guys, I think eventually you'll get the hang of it. Yeah. Name yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> it's great to, it's great to talk to you guys. Yeah. Dom was very excited to, to talk to you guys this morning. He, he loves it's, it's my all-time favorite uh, film podcast. You guys, you oh, guys are the best in the business. I mean, so. you're, you're a massive liar. I, I, love, I love what you guys do. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. But Billy, that implies that you weren't excited to talk to us. Um, no, I was. I was. Of course I was. But, you know, I, I, it's nice when we're doing a lot of this stuff to see kind of, yeah. to see that. Uh, this is exciting for us. Chris, you Chris interviewed you on his very first day at Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the really? Empire. Is that Awards. right? Yeah, Empire, Empire Awards two thousand and one. Wow! What the two of us or Billy? Were you, were you there, Dom? I don't think you were there uh, that year, were you? I, I think uh, I've I think only been invited once. Re- that cannot be true. That cannot be true. You no. must have been busy because I was there. But you I were there. always loved it. I, I it was always the 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 best night of those sort of yeah. It was great. Awards, we gave an award to Ros Pike one year and spent a great night with Sean and Vigo and Andy Circus. I think John Hurt was there yes. one year, which was an amazing moment. Yeah, we me. sat with... That's, he was writing his speech on his napkin brilliant. during the evening. It was brilliant. And I would always go with my agent as well, who sadly, my London agent at that time has passed away now. And she was such a wonderful lady. And she loved coming to it as well, you know. And it was a great night. It was just, it was always a brilliant night. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. And thanks well, for not inviting us these days. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, I mean? Billy, Billy, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a pandemic on, so we haven't done one for a while. But, but uh, when this is all over, you'll definitely get an invite. But here's the, here's the rub. We can only invite one of you, so you're going to have to fight to the death for it. I don't okay. make the rules, guys. You better invite him we'll, then. We'll have that on the on our podcast. We'll have a ticket for the Empire Awards in the middle of the floor, and you and I strip bare to the waist, covered in butter. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're a- only allowed one weapon. Yeah, with a rattlesnake. <laughs> you bring yeah. a rattlesnake. I'll bring a slinky, and we'll see who really. wins. <laughs> also, thanks, thanks for neither one of us ever being nominated as best newcomer, and you guys fucking giving it to Orlando Bloom for fuck's sake. We had to hear that for years. <laughs> I won Best Newcomer. You weren't even nominated. And that was 2016. (laughs) Fucking elves. It seems like yesterday. (laughs) Once again, I have to stress, my first day was the Empire Awards 2001. I had no sway over the awards that year. So if if you guys were overlooked in that category, it was nothing. And I repeat, nothing to do with me. It was all James. If we'd won that, we'd have been off to do Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Troy. Oh, Troy. We'd have been the guy in Troy. Yeah. We'd have been brilliant as that guy. Yeah, you would. Paris. <laughs> Paris, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, and how ironic is that that Achilles had a weak spot down <laughs> by his ankle? <laughs> yeah, just by a weak spot. <laughs> the chances of that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Virtually zero. Our episodes of The Friendship Onion is difficult to end as this. Yeah, yeah, we just we like still the king. Doing one. Good. We eventually get told by our producer like we've it's ran like out of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all end up crying here. I'm just saying we need to the rest after this, I don't know about you. McKellen will pop in at any second. End this now. He'll say. <laughs> yes. Oh, what Off can you to do? the Great Havens. <laughs>
Fly, you fools. Anyway. <laughs> on that note, on that note, Billy, Dom, it's been a pleasure. The door is always open, my friend. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Guys. Thank you, Lovely. James. Take care of Bye-bye. yourself. Bye-bye. See you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya. And that was Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. And I told you, I wasn't kidding when I say that that interview captures the chaotic, freewheeling spirit of The Friendship Onion, the fourth episode of which is out now. And so we all know now that the special mystery guest who turned up during the recording was none other than Frodo himself, Elijah Wood. How exciting. And that two-part episode is up now for you to hear. And Dom and Billy told us it was Elijah. After we finished recording, I've been sitting in this for weeks. For weeks! Anyway, hopefully this won't be the last time that our pod paths cross because that was, yes, a ton of fun. Maybe next time we'll even ask more than one question about Lord of the Actual Rings. Anyway, the Friendship Onion is out every Tuesday wherever you cast your pods and the regular Empire podcast is out every Friday. And if you fancy subscribing to our spoiler special channel, I can highly recommend it. You will get access to our incredible archive, approaching 200 podcasts and counting. You will get weekly installments of our Loki spoiler specials, If Flat Floats Your Boat, and spoiler specials dedicated to the latest and greatest movies as well, including the likes of A Quiet Place Part 2 with director John Krasinski, Cruella with director Craig Gillespie, and more. Go to empireonline.com forward slash spoiler specials or check my pinned tweet at Chris Hewitt on Twitter for more information. Right, that is it for me. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.